Hosting. Hosting service. Let me hit record real quick. It, the, the fingerprints on your screen look like an entire landscape. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of PBS Plebs. Woo! Let's go. Let's fucking go. Whoa, Let's yeah. Go. Oh, I got to do the uh, Odell drink over. There you go. We have uh, on John Zapright and Nick from Galois. Hello. Hello. Um, we got a nice oh, little turnout. Sad. Look at this. A lot of heavy hitters in the house. Wow. We want to give a shout out to Central District. Oh yeah, do it. Yeah, we've got free beer. Oh, some yeah. some guy just dropped off beer. You, I guess you know the story. Yeah. So what's the story about this free beer? It's what are they called? Central Central District District Brewer. They are like a block away, half a block away, not even just across the road. And so me and Sam went for a beer on Tuesday night, and it turns out the guy behind the bar is Seth. Is his name? I hope he doesn't mind me saying his name, but like. He is like an economics and finance major. Well, and so like really smart guy, but no, he's like a Bitcoiner. Yeah, I reckon yeah. he's like maybe like 90% Bitcoiner. Okay. I don't know whether he was just playing devil's advocate, like talking about like other, other like blockchains and stuff like being in there, but like really smart guy. So we ended up having like a 90 minute conversation on like economics and finance good? and oh, Bitcoin wow. and everything. Is it good? And so we invited him down to this is good. ABC last night. And he turned up, and then he said he would come down today with these. Yeah, I saw he can't him last be here because he's working. So he said, "I'll bring you some beers." It's crazy. What's the name of the place, John? Central District Brewing. Four, se four seventeen Red River Street, right, right yeah. over by Pleb Lab. I guess it'll be our new bar, our Pleb Bar. Seems it'll like be, it'll be, be our yeah. new local, our new. Uh, uh, yeah, beer shout supplier. out to them for uh, giving us beers. There's some in the fridge. I think you guys already grabbed some, so yeah, go for it. Yeah, there wasn't that many, so. Yeah, there's a, there's only six. There's some beers in there. There's other beers probably um, though. I think Tristan, one. did you bring the tacos already? Oh, cool. So Tristan, wow, Tristan's uh, stepping up this week, um, getting the tacos. Well, yeah, it's good. This is sour. I don't normally drink sours, but uh, it's yeah. Decent. Where's Logan at? We need to we need to do the voltage ad. On my death. Voltage. Uh, so we want to thank Voltage for sponsoring PBS. Man, I love Voltage, Ooh, dude. Voltage, yeah, awesome. What was that announcement this week in Riga? Did they have an announcement? I have no clue. No, I thought they didn't. They announce something like Core LND or something, or they announced Core, the, like Core Lightning. They or mentioned LND a while ago they were bringing Core Lightning into. Is that what they announced at Riga? Maybe they announced it, but they teased they it. I think a few weeks ago. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So maybe like, they announced it. What recently. do you like about Voltage, John? Oh, it's just it's awesome. It's super slick for setting up nodes, like really, really easy. Yeah. Um, LN bits. I like LN bits. Yeah. Do you have integration like they, with uh, Zapright on Voltage? Yes. So we got uh, LN LND and LN bits yeah. integrations in Zapright. So any LND Ooh. or any LN bits. So you can hook up your own like node if you're running like Umbral or my node or something or start nine at home. But it also means you can hook up Voltage because they run oh, on those. Wow. Cool. But we will have a much deeper, like seamless integration with Voltage, where it's an actual like proper like partnership built into the like two apps will just like talk to each other like perfectly. So that's nice. coming down the line. But um, yeah, Voltage is amazing. Like they're doing kind of 
similar like similar approach with UI UX to what I'm trying to do with ZapRite is like abstract away a lot of stuff and just give you this really nice dashboard, beautifully designed. Like, yeah. and I know like Paul does a great job on on all that front end stuff. So yeah, um, Shout out yeah, to Voltage. Voltage is great. Thank Shout you for being Voltage. a sponsor, Voltage. We appreciate you. Uh, Woo. We got first. Top of the list here, we got ABC, Austin Bitcoin Club was last night. We got a quick recap. What did you guys think of Austin Bitcoin Club last night? It was amazing. Steak. One word. Steak. Yeah. They had 100 pounds of steak. Yeah. yeah. And there was what? Maybe 120, 150 people there? Kindly yeah. sponsored by CrowdHealth. Dude, CrowdHealth came yeah. in clutch, bro. Yeah. Andy? Yeah. Shout out Andy, man. He, uh, he sponsors uh, TFTC. Oh yeah, hero. He's a hero in my. Oh right, yeah. yeah. I used CrowdHouse for a month when I was. Oh, in did you really? Yeah, when I was kind of in between, I, I got it, and it was yeah, it was really easy to use. Everything is just an app. Like wow. Yeah. It was, did you did you consider staying with them, uh, or did you get like help for your job? Yeah, I, for my job, paid oh, for okay, it. So yeah. it was like I just had to go through the the fault. Oh, interesting. So yeah. you probably so, would have stayed with them. I will. Hundred percent. Yeah, a couple of people have said yeah. I should do it for Zaprite. I like the. I just like the model. It's a very Bitcoin ethos model of like crowdfunding and it was like $175 a month you pay for the first $500 of a big event and if you have like a really crazy life event like you whatever you break an arm or cancer yeah. or something it all comes from the community it just like it's kind of crowdfunded so you, so you pay 175 a month into your own you your get own your account. own account yeah. right and but so I did it that, sits there so I did it before they had the bitcoin offering it was just fiat cuz I think they were still building their bitcoin community so but I, that's where the I think they said last night after six months, seventy five percent of it goes into Bitcoin. Yeah, and so then it's and then it's seventy five twenty five split for all your one hundred and seventy five. Yeah. I think the interesting in. thing so about it grows in time. You know, it grows in time. Yeah. But then is the idea that if somebody like if a member of the community say like breaks their arm, yeah, and the fundraising request goes out, you're not adding more money in like to pay for your it's coming out of your yeah. account like you can decide like oh i've paid like six months of 100 when you pay into regular insurance you lose all that money you pay every month right no matter mm. what this way like if you pay into it and no one uses it the money's still there and it grows over time so you know depending yeah. on the like risk management yeah. and how healthy your community is you might yeah, have yeah. like a whole boatload of money just sitting there you know i was gonna interject real quick you know what's interesting we had ABC last night. We had Beef. We had an amazing panel, and CrowdHealth sponsored the the meetup. You could say with all the beef, and all we're talking about today after the meetup <laughs> is CrowdHealth. That just shows you that like if you're a, a Bitcoin company and you want to reach everybody, like uh, sponsor a meetup. Yeah, you know, because that's literally how you're going to get people to talk. Look, we just spent the was, whole first uh, it was interesting. talking about it, and we're not even talking about yeah. the Austin Bitcoin Club. That just shows yeah. you how like. When you have food, this is where I used to get laughed out of the room when I would talk about like Austin Bitcoin Club. But when you have food and you have community and you have like this thing that you both can share like Bitcoin, like that's powerful, man. And I don't think people realize how powerful food and like community and like a passion for one thing is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really like it changes your mind. It makes you a little bit more open, full stomach. Yeah. Yeah, I really, uh, yeah. going back quickly to CrowdHealth, though, I really See? like this model, though, because... <laughs> it's an interesting model. But, like, I've... We're not sponsored by CrowdHealth, by the way. I've always said... <laughs> sponsored like, by Voltage. Pretty much my whole life, I've always said that insurance is a scam, because it is. all it is is yeah. a loan. It's a loan product. Yeah. Because and whenever then a you... And risk management calculation, but... Yeah, but whenever you get, like, whenever you pull from, like, make a claim on an insurance premium, like, your premiums just go up. 
Yeah. Right where it's a car accident, no, or held right, like whole, your premiums yeah, go up. So essentially, all you're doing is paying back a loan. Like yeah, it's we had a loan him on product, TFTC. Like. Yeah, go go watch the pod. But yeah, Andy's completely right. Like mm. this is why. Like so, this is why you get your Bitcoin into a crowd held account, and then it, there he is. It grows over time, and then like you actually, you know, and you get it back. That's something well, I didn't and realize. And it's kind as of well. like the dream of anarcho-capitalism, right? If you've yeah. read those, yeah. you know, theories yeah. behind that, it's like. It was pretty philosophical in theories, but I feel like Bitcoin is turning all of this stuff into reality, right? It's yeah. like the the base layer we need to kind of have. What did you think about the Texas Slim stuff? Was that uh, good stuff or what do you I, think? Yeah, I mean, I've heard Texas Slim give that similar speech like, you know, a yeah, dozen we, times at this stage. You, right? but like, every, yeah, down in Kerrville. Yeah. But every single time it just like fires me yeah, up. Like he's so passionate about it. And especially when that. he talks about, you know, kids and their health and what's happening these days and he, you'd see him talking about like giving out the stats on five to 11 year olds yeah. and you can hear his like his voice is shaking and he's like yeah he you know, has, he, has he, son. Yeah. he yeah like i mean he broke down in tears in kerrville at that event when he was talking about it because he just got so passionate about it like he really yeah. really cares about all this stuff so um yeah, i talk to him all the time it's and awesome, like yeah. it's always good to have those emotional heartfelt conversations with slim he's a good man yeah, um, yeah, definitely somebody you could lean on if you need to. Yeah, but Michael's doing an amazing job with those meetups. Oh, Michael's killing! I know, I know, you guys did an amazing job no, before, sucked. but like he's stepped he's, it he's up like, again. Like, wait, like, you hear his thing? So Michael's whole thing is like, "Car, we're we're the mecca uh, for Bitcoin or whatever he says," and then he goes, "We, it's our duty to make the best meetup in the world." I'm like, I like wow, yeah, I yeah. never thought of wow. it like that, Michael. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess, taking it to heart. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess uh, no, no, that's how he Oshi, sees it. Oshi. No more, uh, yeah, shout out Oshi. No more shout average meetups, right? Yeah, In Austin, you got to yeah. do things but like go big or go Oshi, home. Oshi, like literally he built out Oshi, yeah. right? Yeah. And like that's what the really the meetup has become. It's through all the Oshi connections. This is why community is so important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing Fair here. Look how big PPS has got. Remember, he used to just be us three. Now, look, we have all these Bitcoiners. I mean, it's funny hearing a lot about what's going on with circular economies in like El Salvador and all these other places. But it's like, honestly, we have a circular economy here in Austin. Like, I know people yeah. who live off of their Bitcoin. And yeah. they, you know, you can buy food, you can buy beef, go yeah. to restaurants, you get coffee, yeah. you can get beer. So let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about the first thing, Muni Wallet. So Muni Wallet Mutiny. was, uh, I guess, officially launched. It's been talked about on Odell's podcast, Citadel. Um, I don't think it's a, is it officially launched. Disclaimer, it's alpha software that you should not use. Yeah. Uh, so it's for the reckless. So Nick's going to come and explain to us a little bit about Mutiny, Mutiny Wallet. Yeah. So like Mutiny is a cool wallet because it's privacy focused. So when you're doing you know, lightning payments, there's trade-offs, right? Do you want your payment to succeed and be really fast or do you want to be super private? You kind of have to weigh your trade-offs. Um, so PLN goes to the extreme side of security. So if you want your transaction to be as secure as possible, uh, right now in lightning, it's not secure to receive um, just the way it works. So this specific wallet is send only. You can only send, um, that's one of the constraints um, another thing that you want when sending a lightning payment, you want a lot of hops between you and the receiver. So if I were to pay John and there's only one hop between us, it's not that secure. Like we can probably probe the network and figure out like who we are. But if there's like eight hops between us, it's way more secure. Mm. Um, so the whole idea behind mutiny is they're gonna have these prompts that show up. So when you wanna pay somebody, It'll prompt you and say, hey, 
this isn't a super private payment. There's only two hops between you and the receiver. Do you really want to send this payment? And you can say yes or no. You know, another potential probe is, hey, there's eight hops between you and the receiver. Do you want to do this? Is this a secure payment? And then you can say yes. Um, so I think are they're they, going to... Are they going to have anything in there that actually, like, tries to find longer routes? Yeah, I think that's the whole idea is um, the longest route to the most secure route probably, right? Um, but there's probably some trade-off between, sure. like, maybe it'll fail a bunch of times. So you're trading off security for speed, right? Um, so... So the, the privacy comes from the onion routing. Like, as you're going through more nodes, that's more, like, layers of the onion. Yeah. Basically being encrypted around your Yeah. And because right now, if you probe any of your payments, like, it's, you're probably going through two hops. You're probably going to LN Big or, uh, you know, zero-fee routing, and then you're at the destination. Like, that's... Just, especially if you strike, it's like strike is kind of a hub. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they're just really bringing it to the user interface level to let a, a normal pleb user know like, hey, this payment might not be secure, as secure as you want it to be. You know, here's the, here's the trade-off, which none of the wallets like really put that front and center. Um, yeah, so it's really cool. It's gorgeous, dude. Like, and they built it off of so um, simple. They're building it off so of a, simple. I know. Is it in the App Store now? Uh, no, no, no. Like, but it, it's in here. How to make it? Uh, yeah. This, these are just photos. But like, if you just oh, look, that's like, not you, like it. You look at it, it's just like simple. Yeah, it's a beautiful it's like wallet. Literally, what? Yeah, and like, I kind of like the I idea. Been, I haven't been excited about a wallet in a long time, man. I yeah. kind of like the idea of having a spending only wallet. Like, it seems yeah. kind of weird and counterintuitive when you think about it. It's like, I can't receive on this? Like, that's dumb. But well, then the, when you think about it, it's yeah, like, like I it's kind of, but it's kind of what we do now. Yeah. Like, when we walk around with debit cards and stuff, when we tap in stores, like, you can't receive anything on those debit exactly. cards, right? It's that's just you're spending it's like, everywhere you go. Like. like, it was the obvious way to go. Yeah. Mm. And that's what I think, like, oh, man, it, they get a lot of things right. Yeah. Um, and they're building it off of, like, most wallets right now are built off of Lightning Labs LND. This is actually built off of um, Spiral. Right. Well, so basically, Jack Dorsey has Spiral, which is like their Bitcoin arm. Um, and under Spiral is a project called LDK, uh, Lightning Development Kit. So it's just a different implementation of the Lightning Protocol. Um, so they're building it off of something that was built on top of that um, called Sensei, which is built by a guy named John Cantrell. Um, he He's was, an advisor here at PlubLab advisor shout out to him yeah. um so and he just have a, has a unique way of kind of spinning up you know channel opens um he has a twitch uh by the way um if you guys are interested in learning more about sensei he has like videos on twitch yeah and there's videos like he did the bitcoin plus plus conference we had here in austin a few months ago so there's a lot of videos on how all that works but i know that was some of the early inspirations of you know the team building this wallet so it's yeah it's yeah, I think it's getting a lot of hype. They talked about it. Odell talked quite a bit about you know some of the the technology behind it. But um, yeah. does, does this uh, since they're using Sensei, does this wallet generate like child nodes as well, or are you using a child node? Or is that Let me look at the documentation right now. Because <laughs> that's one of the cool things about Sensei. You can have a parent node, uh, like a main node with like all of the the Bitcoin D backend and everything, and then spin up a bunch of child nodes very easily. Like a thousand. They might even create a new node per her address or something. Yeah. I know they're doing something. Yeah, immunity a node is created for every channel. When a user request is made, a new node is created with its own wallet address. When sending an open private channel with the whole UTXO amount, 
is created to the receiver in Mutiny Wallet. You can only send no receiving. So it sounds like, is that a yes? Yeah. So it looks like, I think, Tover, is this you that put the, the voltage screenshot? So it looks like they've actually mentioned who's building it. Oh, they have? So okay. I didn't know it was so we were now yeah we, we, were, we were debating whether to announce who was working on it or not but I guess if they have it in the in the yeah, screenshot it's, it's yeah. okay cool. but you can maybe we we won't we won't announce it in the mics we'll we'll let we'll let people go well, well after tornado cash we all might want to just make nims on github and be anonymous coders oh <laughs> uh, what, what what do you think about it John what's your take on muni um I haven't looked at it in any great depth. Paul gave me a, a demo um, on in Bitblock Boom, um, so I saw it like really quickly. I, and like I said, I like the idea of a spending only wallet, so like makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, haven't had a chance to dig yeah. into it yet. And I just like the opportunity to have multiple wallets. Like if I want a payment to go, if I'm at like a vendor here in Austin and I'm paying for like a, you know Happy Lobster over on Rainy Street, I'm probably just gonna use Strike just because I know it's probably going to succeed the payment. But if I'm paying something where I want more privacy... Like, if I'm paying Bitcoiners, this makes more sense yeah, to yeah. use Mutiny. Exactly. Um, but may, yeah, maybe mm. not to use, uh, like, yeah. Yeah, because like there's if I was, Like, Alex was just trade-offs. here. Trade-offs. Trade Alex was just here. Yeah. Like, if I was going to pay him for a pedicab, I'd probably pay him, like, cash or whatever. But yeah. this way, it makes just more gotta, sense. Like, Bitcoiners would probably just use Mutiny. Pick your threat wallet. You know, if you want super secure, go Mutiny. If you want... Quick and easy, go, you know, strike or, you know, whatever yeah. moon or. Yeah. yeah. So the next uh, technical thing that we want to talk about was uh, Nostagram. There's this uh, guy named Brilliance. What's his name? Brilliance BTC. Brilliance. And then he made a Nostagram. Have you guys played with this yet or no? Yeah. Uh, we were, yeah. We were playing looks, with uh, it on uh, Rainy Street at the, the block party. Um, we kind of. Tell us a little bit about the project. Oh, it's literally a Telegram clone written on top of Noster. You guys probably don't know what Noster is, do you? No, we do. We had a oh, these guys here. do. The, these guys yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the people at home. Oh, man, I'm probably the wrong guy to say this, but yeah. So, one person at home. So, the, one person, <laughs> hey, one person online. The first to attack the yeah. So, typically, like, a application works, you know, like a Facebook, you have your client on your phone, and it talks to a server that only Facebook hosts. They own the database, they own everything. They're the dictator of what happens on this application. Um, so Noster kind of democratizes that. Anybody can run the backend, the relay, they call it. Um, so it, it's almost like a federation of these relays, and they're all passing the messages around. Oh, Nate's downstairs. If, um, if somebody wanted, if the government wanted to come in and shut them down, like, so, so we just heard Mark Zuckerberg on Joe Rogan's podcast um, talk about, like, the FBI coming in, you know, all that stuff. You pretty much have to give them the data if they, you know, gag order you. Um, but with a network like Noster, there's not really one central party to censor or put a gag order on because it's, it's these relays talking to each other. If, if one part of the relay goes down, somebody will spin another one up. So it's just a more resilient way to do a backend. And it's, it's very simple how it works right now and there's still a lot of stuff to be built. Um, but long short, story short is, um, the Telegram code, Enigma, I believe it's called, right? Enigma? Enigma with an A. With an A. A, Enigma. Um, it uses not a single server in our database. It uses this relay network. Um, so basically, 
No censorship. No censorship, right? Yeah. Or if it does get censored, uh, you'll, you'll get another relay cluster spin up in this federation. Um, yeah. So essentially, it, and it's it's more private too, really, right? Like you can encrypt stuff. You've yeah. got Bitcoin encryption kind of built into the protocol with keys and public-private keys. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, there's the Telegram clone. It looks exactly like Telegram. We were using it at the block party. We had a, a little group of people kind of communicating that night. Um, yeah, it's just a cool little project on built on early technology. Wow. Yeah, so. it's awesome. You were saying that you're going to implement Nostra or something on Zapride or no? Yeah, a little bit. So, so like how though? Like, so we've already got a, re a relay running. So oh, uh, relay? super shout out to Super who helped us uh, set that up. Um, so the idea is right now on Zapride you need um, an email address to log in and create an account. And the reason we ask for that is because we got to send out notification emails when, you know, you get payments and things like that. So the idea is to like offer a solution that is like even more private for people who want to go the super private route. And what we'll do is we'll remove the necessity for an email address and we'll allow you to log in and create an account using LNURL auth. And then we will offer Noster DMs through our relay for all payment notifications. Oh, nice! Is it so you would just give us your like Noster public key, mm -hmm. and then when a payment like comes in, we'll just like construct a DM to you, run it through our relay, and as long as you're connected to our relay, you'll get that DM, and then you don't have to expose an email address or. Is it or because anything. you're finding more and more uh, Bitcoiners are signing up for Zaprite as opposed to just like normies? Is that a reason? Well, I'd it? say it's mostly Bitcoiners right now, but it's just like. It's really just because I'm such a privacy advocate that I want to see these things used. What, and what and Noster is just cool. Like say it's it just again. awesome. Test. What was the word you just said? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> privacy, privacy. privacy. <laughs> For you but... Texans, he, he meant privacy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really cool. And so I like to, uh, I like to get it implemented. So, um, yeah, it'll be in there soon. Dude, I'm stoked. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know anyone who does more integrations than you. Like, boom, boom. What do you have now? Like, QuickBooks, like this, that. Yeah, what happened like this week? You got canceled like from uh, Stripe, right? But you got back there, on. Yeah, but it'll be in there soon. But, um, yeah, Stripe, Stripe shut oh, yeah, down. Yeah, canceled today. Stripe shut down the ZapRite account. Stripe um, shut down ZapRite. Yeah. And then uh, we started complaining. Yeah, they refused to talk to me. They just kept sending me an email over and over saying, like, you're not a trustworthy business. You're so, a high-risk business. You're a high-risk business. So like, how, you can't use so it. So did you get back online because the community rallied behind you and we're all like, let you, them back the, on? Well, yeah, after, like, half a day of trying to, like, talk to them and just not getting anywhere, like, banging my head against the wall, I was just like, okay, fuck it. I'm just putting this on blast on Twitter. And I did, and then everybody, like, came in and started being like, oh, that's bullshit, tagging Stripe, going, So like, once you, you yelled it to the crowd, they actually started listening Yeah, and then a guy wow. who, like, works for Stripe Crypto, so, like, their, uh -huh. their, their crypto product, he came and he's like, oh, he commented on a thread, like, I work for Stripe Crypto, like, oh, let me look into this. Oh, wow. So I was like, all right, cheers, send him an email, and then, like, a couple of hours later, he's like, yeah, your account is back online. Wow. It was, like, he said it was something to do with my recent identity verification, like me personally, I came out as a fraudster, and so, so they shut my account down. So John's app, right? But the email hand. I got from, <laughs> but the email I got from Stripe that your last name was that there was too many suspicious transactions happening in my account, and that's why they shut it down. So it was like two kind of like BS excuses, but I think the thing that's really funny is that yeah. you know they were willing to shut me down and not even talk to me, 
and then you just kick up enough noise and they go oh, okay we'll put you back on so obviously the reason they shut me down was bullshit to begin with yeah. if they're just gonna like forget about it and put well, me shout back out on that guy what's his name again uh edwin edwin i think yeah that was PBS, his twitter handle anyway um so yeah shout out to him come, thanks come for to like PBS, jumping in and we'll, uh, give you some tacos but i thought it was really like weird because like he works at stripe crypto and so they have this whole stripe you're saying stripe not stripe, stripe yeah okay. they have this whole like stripe crypto like product where if you're a crypto company and you're doing like any like exchange or nft or like web3 like bs you can like have all your banking done through stripe so they actually allow people to do wow. like all this like bullshit like yeah. NFT yeah. like stuff, and then they have the nerve to tell me like we live in a clown world. You know, you're John, a high risk business. What it is. High risk, really yeah. legitimate. Can't business. have those people having their USD invoices paid by credit card. Like that's crazy. Wow. Wow. But shout out Edwin yeah. for uh, getting you fixed up. Yeah. So I want to talk about duck eggs. Has anybody all ever right. had a duck egg <laughs> out in the audience? So three people. Is oh, that like it? Like a food? Like yeah, eating? duck eggs. <laughs> Like eggs that are ducks. I had quail. Like, I had quail eggs. Who's, ooh, just you? What's a carbonara? Spaghetti carbonara. So I've been I've been eating KNC cattle with uh, like beef the stew beef stew meat with the duck eggs, dude. Wow. Nice. That's it. That's all you, you need. Like two big old duck eggs, just over it? easy, just over easy, it? and then like just like some uh, guisada, like you know. Yeah, dude, and they're just—they just taste better. Where do you get duck eggs? Uh, Kyle gave me some. He has a duck connection. He's got uh, a duck guy. <laughs> duck get your duck out, guy out, out in Bastrop. Can I get it on Oshi yet, Michael? Michael, get we need, duck we eggs need to get Oshi. duck eggs. <laughs> Hook us up. <laughs> but uh, no, Kyle has a connection where like this lady you guys literally has like duck eggs that she. Uh, what is it like? Uh, like all you can get duck eggs uh, for like ten dollars or something. But like, if she gives it to you in a carton, then it's free. Isn't that right, Nate, or something like that? All you can eat. Something like that. Uh, it's like five dollars per carton. But dude, these duck eggs are amazing. Uh, All right. Anyways, cheers. So you're gonna have a, you're gonna have <laughs> a beef, beef steak, but it's gonna be duck eggs. And we should. We should probably have duck eggs next week. Duck eggs. Yeah. Can you microwave duck eggs? I don't think I would. I don't have a microwave. Has anyone ever microwaved eggs before? Yes. Oh really? How do they yeah. taste? It pit. No, yeah, it pisses off your your office mates because it smells like kind of bad. Yeah, yeah, it smells bad. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that, and then people were like, "Don't do that. It smells bad." That's what funny. Do, though, make sure you mix it before you. If you just drop it in a cup and it's, it's all sealed and not mixed, it'll, it'll explode. Oh yeah. So actually, I've exploded it, some eggs in the it's microwave. It's funny that it's funny that Nate's here because he's our special guest. Did you know this? No. Well, you are. So come up. Come up, Nate. Here, spot you, man. Yeah, here, you can go. You can sit right there where John's at. Nate's our special guest of the week. Woo! Repping the repping oh, the wow. logo. Oh, is this yeah, the... look at this new logo. It's that a boiler sick, Derek, dude. on one side. That is pretty sick. That's so nice where, where in the world is uh, Francis San Diego? Oh, man. <laughs> well, no longer in Canada. That's good. That much. I think y'all know. So he's doing bad. good? Yeah, he's doing great. That's great, man. Mm -hmm. So um, how's life going? Uh, Francis's or mine? Yours. <laughs> yours. <laughs> yours. How's everything? Oh, going? life is great. So I've been meaning to get to PBS ever since I got back from California, but y'all know I started Unchained as soon as I got back. And that's, yeah, he, he works at Unchained now. That's been like... Do Parker Lewis, like, does Parker Lewis actually go out and recruit you? How does that work? Um, 
I guess I can tell the story. So we moved to Austin like almost a year ago, uh -huh. and uh, the plan was to stay in the U.S. And so to fulfill that plan, I sought out some jobs, and there was a very short list of companies I'd be willing to leave bull Bitcoin for, Unchained being at the top of that list. And so one evening I hung out with Parker and Will at Cooper's, and Go one thing it. led to another, and you know. And then the whole like visa process with the lawyers took like six months, and so that's why I only started in July. So how do you like it so far? You like it? It's a lot of work. Really, is uh, it? It's a lot of work. Wow. I've been hitting the ground running and working, you know, long so, days, it's sometimes weekends. the first weekends. three months of a, exactly. of a job because yeah. you're learning like a new system. You're learning a new way to do everything. Yeah. I the same thing. I get Lloyd. Like, yeah, you know just, this. Yeah. Just you, you want to show value. Yeah. You want to make right? sure yeah. you, you don't want to be that idiot that can't do anything. You want to exactly. you want to impress people. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And uh, so have you impressed Parker yet? I have no idea. Parker is a total. Wait, do you face. talk? Do you guys like eat lunch together? Like, how does that work? Do you guys like sit across from each other? I I'm lucky if I get to shake Parker's hand on a daily basis. What? It's what I look forward to every day. Is he day. just so busy? Or <laughs> I shook his hand. Uh, yeah, yesterday. he is. He's the busiest guy in Bitcoin, right? Wow, mm. that's crazy. But it's it's very motivating to uh, attend the All Hands every Tuesday. Um, Joe Kelly and uh, the exec team they kind of run like this All Hands and. Uh, they do this thing that I really enjoy. It's called tea food. Today I fucked up. Um, Whoa, really? It's like a... Uh, That's cool. What do you call it? Like an a ownership acknowledgement section of the company All Hands where you can either uh, shout out people who have done good work or that you think uh, deserve to be praised for what they've done. You know, they've gone the extra mile or they covered for somebody who was on paternity leave. Or you can... Um, uh, drop a tifu, which is like, hey, I I made this mistake. Um, here's what happened, uh, and then we can kind of talk about it briefly. And wow. usually, when you do that, other people will be like, I was also responsible for a little bit of that. Like, people are very um, willing to cover for each other. And so, are you doing a lot of tifus now? I, I have done some tifus. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know Unchained did that. Wow. Yeah, it's it's really really good for company culture because. It leads to this like no blame retrospective yeah. or like accountability too. Like, yes, like, accountability is huge. Why do you guys make so It's a great question. Because <laughs> <laughs> we build yeah. things for production. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It was funny when I, when we were when we went to Nashville last month. Uh, Rod was like, "Yeah, f find find Joe and like uh, meet me out here." And I was like. I haven't seen Joe since I was a shit corner, like in 2018. <laughs> uh, and then like randomly I found him in the airport and then we just went, we like walked up together. I was like, hey, Joe, my name's Carr. He go, I remember. It's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Kind of cool. He's a great guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that's cool. And how's, how's personal life going? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. We, uh, how's, we got how's pedal boarding. Pedal boarding's fun. We haven't been in a couple weeks, but oh, it's something I enjoy yeah. doing. It's like two minutes away from the house. Yeah. Come tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It, it might rain and lightning and thunder. Meh. But wouldn't that be ironic if a bunch of tell them that story? Wouldn't it be ironic if a bunch of Bitcoiners were in Lady Bird Lake and lightning struck it and we all got struck by lightning? lightning. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! I love that. We just had live a by out. lightning. We just had a shout out. Live by lightning, die by lightning. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Send it. Send tweet. <laughs> um, yeah. 
What was ironic. that story you said, though? It scared the crap out of me when you told me oh, in the afternoon. Yeah, so basically to talk about getting struck by lightning. like uh, so, so I knew a guy who, you know, I'm from Michigan, and there's a lot of tubing rivers. So basically this family went tubing, like, you know, two adults and, like, four kids. And it started to rain in, like, thunderstorm kind of. So they had their kids get out and walk on the side of the riverbank, right? But the parents, for whatever reason, stayed in their tubes. And, like, this is not a, this is not a happy story. So basically lightning strikes. The parents, like, you know, get hit. And their kids are just kind of on the side of the riverbank. And they're, they're yeah. The parents died? Yeah, the parents, the parents died. died. They got struck by lightning. Wow. So. Mm. so don't mess around with lightning and water. It's conductive. Yeah, they yeah. were on the shore. So, yeah, I'll see you guys at Brotilla tomorrow. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, see you at tomorrow. <laughs> Be reckless with the lightning network, yeah. not the lightning uh, uh, and the river. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Did you go to a Joshua Tree? Yes. Did you see any UFOs? No, but I did go through Roswell, and I was hoping to see some. Well, how was I, I believe in that shit, you know? How was, how was Roswell? I really do. I've driven through there, but how was your experience? Uh, Roswell? Yeah. Specifically? Roswell was like a cute little town very um very humble did you um, find them to be strange did you eat at that cafe that's like right in the main street no we went to the grocery store that's about it that was the oh, only okay. interaction we had with roswellians yeah, I but trapped in roswell for three days trapped in roswell what? <laughs> they hate outsiders how did you get yeah. trapped there uh, i was on tour and we got broken down of all oh in roswell yeah they don't think they, they just think of it as like a way to make money. So how about Bob Lazar? So they none of them think Bob of it's Lazar. real? That's my boy, Bob Lazar. Sure have you seen the documentary? I have seen like the documentary. Jeremy Corbell. Corbell. I just remember going to that cafe Corbell? and like I was with some people and like we like went there Bob and everybody Lazar just looked really like we were just like looking at yeah. us like they were strange people. Like they were just like not having it. Car, have you, uh, you seen Jeremy Corbell's documentary on Bob Lazar? So is that the one with the uh, the guy who you know who Bob Lazar is? Yeah, tell he, me he's again. been on Joe Rogan a few times. Yeah, I saw the Joe Rogan yeah. one. Well, yeah, he, Bob Lazar I think has only been on Joe Rogan once, but Jeremy Corbell has been a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So what is it? So Bob Lazar was a guy who presumably right worked at some facility in Nevada, Area Fifty One. Just say part it. of Area Fifty One. Right, it was actually S Four, <laughs> which apparently nobody knew existed. So there's multiple pieces of his story that have been uh, verified. So a lot of people like George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell have come out and basically put their weight behind everything he's said. Element 115? Yeah, element 115. That's one of them. What is one element 115? It was presumably the the fuel for the anti-matter, anti-gravity jet propulsion. Yeah, or propulsion system. So you think we should... uh... Here's why I look at Bob Lazar. Somebody like Bob Lazar, you you meet him, you get into his life like Jeremy Corbell has, and you watch his interviews. You're like, what is his motivation to lie? I don't see Sell it. Sell books, maybe? I don't see it, personally. I've seen stages. motivation to lie in, in yeah. many individuals out there. And he lives a pretty, like, undercover life now because he lives in, actually, like, Michigan, the northern part of Michigan. He just runs a little lab out there. So mm-hmm. he's not trying to be famous out there. Like, people are coming to him. He's, he doesn't want the spotlight, like, I don't know. at all. Who out there believes there's aliens among us? So. Among us? 
Among I us. I mean, which one of oh, you? Oh wow! So that the hands are. All right, raise your hand if you're a Fed and if you're an alien. You're an alien. Yeah. Not in this room. No. Oh, okay. Well, who, who believes? Who believes there's uh, there's actual like uh, extraterrestrial spaceships flying in the atmosphere? Oh wow! So there are a lot of. How have we never had this conversation, Does it, guys? Doesn't mean they're aliens, though. <laughs> it could be governments. Yeah. Wait. So okay. Okay. I got. I got another question. I got. I'm mm. more. I'm more intrigued by this audience today. Uh, do you think if there was ever an alien uh, like uh, attack on America or the world, like ind- Independence Day type of scenario, would you all think it was like real, or would you think it was just like U.S. doing? Yeah, do you think it would be Project Bluebeam or? I mean, Will Smith would come out and slap the aliens on the face. <laughs> welcome to Earth. So, <laughs> yeah, welcome to Earth. <laughs> so, like, so, do you guys, okay, let me ask, do you all think there's a possibility that there could be an alien invasion? Maybe there already is. No, they're, they're oh, whoa. Also, they're angels. I don't think we're that important. Well, they weirdly I don't think show we're up important. when we're fucking around with nuclear shit, right? Yeah. We are that important? You think so? Mm-hmm. Ah, so you think Mother Earth? The three body problem? What's that? It's a good book. We should we should have him on next to talk about it. It's a really good next episode series. of PBS Alien Special. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Let's Dude, do I, it. I'm down. Um, do you guys think the, the TikTok stuff, TikTok stuff, yes, TikTok mm-hmm. is uh, why? Why did that information become publicly accepted? Well, didn't the guy from Blink One Eighty Two do it? Yeah, Tom DeLonge. I think it's either aliens exist, the government's fucking with us to scramble our minds and confuse us, or aliens exist. I don't know. One, one of the three. <laughs> I, I personally think it's. I think it's American technology. That's what I think it is. Yeah, and if we had the technology, if the U.S. government had the technology, I think the best way to mess with people's mind is to throw out the, all this fake, fake stuff about aliens, right? The reason I don't think it's American technology is that if, if you go by Bob Lazar's story, they were trying to reverse engineer these things, right? This, this technology. How do we know they didn't Maybe succeed, that was fake. Though? Maybe that was fake. How do we know they didn't succeed? Because we, we don't know they haven't succeeded, like but if they have succeeded, that would only prove but like the with point technology, that it wasn't ours. Sometimes all you have to do is just wait a couple generations, and then the technology is there to actually do it, right? Yeah, but it's if you go by the story, it's such advanced technology that it would be like a chimp trying to understand how to build a motorcycle. He may be able to turn the key and turn it on. He might figure that out. He might even learn how to ride it. But building a motorcycle, that's what, what, way beyond anything but he's what, capable what if of it's doing. more like it's the conscious mind that's actually turning it on? Like, I think that's a possibility. Well, if you go yeah. by Bob Lazar's story, they did manage to turn these things on and they did manage to test fly them. How did they do so that? With the maybe we don't know. Bob could potentially have just been a pawn on some like 50 year government like troll on us to like make I mean Occam's razor though right aliens like, when really they're building these like oh no man yeah mm. Bob Lazar if you're out there come yeah. on uh, play broadcasting service yeah. Yeah. tacos no what's that it's the idea that if there's like a pocket of society that finds or discovers or invents like some sort of technology that's such a massive leap forward that that pocket becomes completely disconnected from the rest of society. Essentially, you would become like so far elite over the rest of society, you would just you'd be a breakaway. That's what Tristan thinks for sure. Right? What do you think, Tristan? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Breakaway Society. What is that, Nick? So, well, I'll just repeat it for the crowd because I don't know if they could hear you, but Topher said that um, Breakaway Society is like a select group that discovers a very, very, like, mm, I don't know, uh, special kind of technology, a technology that allows them to then disconnect from the rest of the population. Aren't Bitcoiners that, though? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Not really. Because money is only... Money is only good insofar as it um, enables trade amongst people. And so it inherently is a um, non-segregating piece of technology. But say, say we invented like force fields, um, right? I don't know. Just well, What did Svetsky say? Did he say like fire, Bitcoin, and teleportation or something? Get there faster. Who does that quote? Slowly then suddenly? Is that some guy? Maybe you work with this guy, Brad? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think we kind of see it already happening in the Bitcoin space, right? Like a lot of us are using our own Bitcoin to fund things. But not only that, you even have like people like Mandrick and like Dusty who are like learning how to fly airplanes and like boats and stuff. And maybe one day spaceships. I don't know, man. I think Bitcoin sets you free. I think it can. Does yeah. Does, <laughs> You're telling me all y'all couldn't bid a spaceship if we had uh, Bitcoin to do it? So in ten, so in ten years, I believe in you guys. So in ten years, when we're all like Bitcoin quadrillionaires, what are we gonna use our money for? O'Neill colonies. What is that? An, an O'Neill <laughs> colony how much, how much we need to build a is like honestly. a cylindrical, huh? pressurized. Um, cylinder <laughs> that so rotates in space, oh, so that's we're producing artificial gravity, right? So the idea is you just pressurize a canister in space, a very large one. You fill it with dirt and water and you spin it. Okay. So it has an atmosphere. You Maybe you get a mirror that reflects the sun in through the, an opening up here. Okay. You ha- create a day-night cycle. You can create all sorts of atmospheric conditions inside. Wait, are you guys building this at Unchained? This is what an O'Neill... <laughs> <laughs> This is what we're building. This is what, what? Bitcoiners are building. This is what I think the future of humanity has in store for us. Um, oh, okay. Planets are cool. Obviously, we're going to go conquer other planets. That's but, but imagine if you could buy your own Massachusetts-sized pod that orbits the sun where you can go hunting because you've developed your own like national park. Oh, now right? you're talking about like the fountain. You know what I'm talking about? Did you ever like, see the movie The Fountain? Creating your own worlds, right? and creating infinite space for humanity to live in because there's going to be trillions and trillions of humans i'm a pro-natalist i want to see whatever comes after trillions of humans um and it's very hard to do that on planets Interstellar. Mm-hmm. right the what what do you say i can't talking hear about immortality now I, 
So th this gentleman, I'm going to repeat your point for people on on uh, the the live feed. What do we got? One, P two. Listeners? This gentleman is asking. Uh, you're, you guys are not addressing the real point. He says the real point is how do we reach immortality? How do will human beings become immortal? I have a philosophical objection to the idea of immortality being the main the main purpose for humanity, and it has to do with like if you become immortal, you can still die. Right, that's right, but that's not my argument. Um, and so we do need this like continuous rejuvenation of new humans. We must continue to reproduce ourselves. Why is that important philosophically? You need new life to come into the universe because the environment always changes, and life becomes stale as it grows old. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah, I think there's, there's another show on Amazon called Downloaded. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, but th those are really amazing yeah. questions. So he, he's asking like, um, well, hopefully Bitcoin is immortal, right? Yeah, Bitcoin's well, immortal. I don't want to be immortal, but Bitcoin. I, I just want to address his his question. Like, I I do see that as maybe an inevitability. I don't look at immortality so much as the as a goal, but I do think that like we will be able to engineer the body to continue living longer and longer and longer. So I see it more as like life extension will probably be possible more and more moving forward. And if you're so lucky that you continue that process for a very, very long time, great. The concept of like downloading your brain into some other thing, I think comes with a whole host of philosophical uh, quandaries, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think. But what, what I find. <laughs> right. So that's my clone dog, Logan. No, I'm just kidding. When can we just clone? Um, uh, ba back to O'Neill colonies. If you took the moon's matter, right, all the regolith on the moon, you could create 10,000 times the surface of the Earth in O'Neill colonies. It's very scalable. That's <laughs> that's why I'm pro O'Neill colonies. <laughs> there's a there's a great movie. There's a great movie that kind of talks about a little bit of this called Elysium. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's exactly kind of what you guys are talking about. Joe Rogan talks about that a lot. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it recently. Elysium. It's a pretty cool movie. Mm. It kind of feels like that, right? Yeah. Oh, hey, we got one more. We got one more topic before real quick. Pleb Dev Workshop happening tomorrow. Austin's doing it. Yeah. Come up, dude. Come up and chill it. Come up and chill it. This guy. Nate, awesome. thanks for coming on the show, Nate. Woo! Hey, Nate. That was a great. That was a great uh, thing. That was, that was so galaxy brain. I need to like. I know, dude. Recompose this, myself. This is what happens when you bring in uh, somebody like Nate's. Yeah. Uh, you got real philosophical, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All right, back to boots on the ground. 
yeah, we, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but we have our lives right now. We're definitely going to die, uh, it's looking like, and uh, we want to do things that we think are important and meaningful. What's so. happening on Saturday? What's happening AKA tomorrow? Tomorrow at noon. Yeah, so tomorrow we're having the first Plub Dev workshop. Um, like, our other past two workshops and a lot of the other ones are going to be more for people who are already developers, people who are already technical, and that's good. Uh, like, we all need to learn and level up, but like my big focus is on the pleb devs. I'm bullish on the pleb devs. I think that there's this huge uh, swath of people that are kind of on the outside that are really into Bitcoin and they're on the sidelines. Maybe they've dabbled in code a little bit or they've wanted to learn, but they feel that they can't really get in or that Bitcoin is too difficult and too important to get in. And I felt like that for a long time too, like learning how to be a programmer on my own. But, you know, I, I've come to see that really in the future, in the bullish future we're all imagining, um, most of the developers in Bitcoin and Lightning are going to be application developers because applications are what brings software to end users. And the protocol is important. Protocol devs, we love them, we'll need them, but they're going to be a very small minority because Bitcoin's not going to need to change that much. The yeah. Lightning protocol eventually won't need to change that much, but yeah. we'll have all of these builders that we need to fill out the space and yeah. contribute to projects and stuff like that. So I just want to like help manifest that reality and bring in the pleb devs along for the ride because we can all level each other up. But that's and a huge vision. Really, we're just doing a, a workshop. Yeah. Come make your first React app. Yeah, anybody can <laughs> start code. from zero. You don't need any knowledge. You can learn to code real quickly, get something up and running. And, you know, it's up to you to take it from there to take it to the next level. But uh, I think Austin I, lo I love your story about you know being a delivery boy to learning to code on your own, going through a boot camp, you know, working for a few companies, then getting like your what quote unquote dream job working in Bitcoin, right? Yeah, so. it's crazy, but Bitcoin it calls it calls you to higher things, and it you know gives you motivation that you never would have had before. Like I never had that motivation before, but after being in Bitcoin for a few years, I was. I felt so disconnected and it was like, I just want to be a part of this. And then eventually that evolves to like, I want to, I want to contribute to this. And you just, you feel this calling and, and not everyone's going to be called to be a developer mm -hmm. per se, but we all have skills, uh, crafts, trades that we can offer that are going to be important. And so that, yeah, that's what kind of called me out, but like it was a long bumpy journey and I'm mm -hmm. still like, like I tell everyone, my goal is to become a 1x Bitcoin dev. Like oh, 1x. You're, you're more than that. Like yeah. it, it takes time. It's an evolution. Like I've been doing this for like 15 years now, writing code, and I still feel like the dumbest guy in the room. Especially like my team at Galilee, <laughs> and Nate just raised his hand too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, dude, it's 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 an always progression. You're always progressing. Like there's no stopping learning. Like you just go forever, pretty much. So. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Yeah. So yep. if you're if you're a pleb dev, come yep. tomorrow. If you can't come, we're gonna record it. Reach out to me. Like whatever. I've had a bunch of just like random plebs reach out to me who are trying to start, and it's so cool. And it's like, yeah, we can level up together. So let's do it. Yeah. And then also, if, if anybody wants to do a workshop here at Pleb Lab on a Saturday from like twelve afterwards, let me know, and you're more than welcome to use the space to do a workshop. Um, yeah.
And so. then after the workshops, we've been kind of like it's been tradition now to do the workshops around noon. And then around two o'clock, we go down to Ladybird Lake and we just go hang out on the lake, drink some beers, get yeah. some sun. And we've got a nice little umbrella rig that we only got like another month left it. to do it so i'm from michigan man we got to like oh. january like <laughs> okay there you go the water's above 50 degrees i'm in let's just keep rotilla going all the way through winter and we'll just do cold plunges <laughs> yeah we're gonna do yeah yeah we're gonna do brotilla all year round like there's no stopping wear a wetsuit in uh january yeah. keep it going as long as yeah do we we don't ice over here do we sometimes sometimes uh got voltage ad right so we want to thank Voltage one more time for sponsoring PBS. Uh, Austin, are you going to be talking about Voltage tomorrow during the workshop or probably not? No, uh, that would definitely be a good evolution, though. Like, before you can really connect Bitcoin or Lightning into an app, you kind of need to learn how to build an app and, and the structure of it. So I have an idea for Voltage. We need to do a Voltage workshop. So yeah, we do. So Voltage supports um, LN Bits, so you can host your own LN Bits, which is essentially an accounting system, right? And then they have a bunch of different extensions. So we've been kind of throwing out ideas around here. And I think a lot of people are interested in how the hell do you do reoccurring payments with Lightning? Oh, yeah. When are you talking about with? Yeah, we're, we're kind of talking about it. So like a subscription. So you got to pay for something once a month. I don't want to, on the 1st of September, remember to pay somebody. I want my LN Bits node to pay on behalf. So there's a uh. protocol that's been around for a while now called LNURL. And there's a extension for withdrawals. Like it's, it works today. Everything works. You can basically configure your LN Bits node to, on um, you know, have a reoccurrence on this day, create this withdrawal link, and then somebody can actually pull the payment. So usually you're pushing or it's on demand, but you can actually be able to pull and withdraw money. So I think we're going to try to hack something together. Um, we might use Voltage and LN Bits to kind of cool. do a proof of concept. But uh, that'd be nice. Reoccurring payments. They're already here. We just need better U user interfaces to, to make it easier yeah. to use. So thank you, Voltage, for sponsoring PBS. Uh, that's all I got. Anything from the audience? Yeah. I'll refer to Topher for this. <laughs> Topher, <laughs> the teacher. Well, I think. Oh yeah, so so yeah. the the week, yeah, we haven't announced it yet, but after next the next Saturday's workshop is going to be Topher doing over the Bitcoin white paper. So that will be the that would be the one I would definitely check out. Okay. Yeah, we'll check it out. We're going to end the show because we have 60 minutes. We have to stop. But uh, thank you guys for coming to another PBS. We'll see you all next time. See ya. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>